Mute City Horror. Hello, hello. It's alive. Should I say here, here? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Like, was just was, that, the was that like mind. a thing back in the day? Like, or hear ye, hear ye? Like, we're kingdoms and they open up those uh, scrolls? Yeah, to- totally, dude, totally. <laughs> Today, we're, we're hanging someone <laughs> for, <laughs> I don't know, fucking that guy's goat or something on his farm. I don't feel like that was a crime back then, but I get where you're going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what's up, Matthew? How's it go? Uh, good, man. How, how you been? Sorry, I didn't mean to talk over you there. Mm. Bad timing. It's okay. Just enjoying this drink. Yeah, I see you're drinking out of the old Tiki Michael Myers. Don't you love it? That thing is dope. It's pretty cool. It's pretty once in a while. I got Perla, this badass one. It's um, Tarman. We haven't no. even taken Oh, it I think I've seen that one. We got it at um, Mystic Museum. Oh, nice. Yeah. We haven't even busted it out. I think it's just going to stay in the box for a little while. I got uh, one Christmas. I got a. Yeah, I got a Job of the Hut Funko Pop coffee cup. It's, it's ceramic enough. I don't know. It, it seems like it was capable, but yeah, I tried to put coffee in it and. You just hear this little ticking sound, like yeah. Basically, it was it was cracking from the bottom as you poured the coffee in. Yeah, or like you know, maybe moments after it settled in there a little bit and then started cracking, and then I I think I saw the crack or something like that, so I immediately just dumped it and I was like, "Fuck, mm, bummer." Don't use this anymore. So I gotta keep it in the box. Well, for right now, until I can figure out how to um display it, I guess. That sucks. Yeah, but it's still there. So, you know, still iconic. Jabba the Hutt, you know. Said Jabba no Baba. So, so crazy how such a big blob can be such a ruthless gangster. It's almost like everything just gets brought to him. I feel like maybe the Huts were bullied, body shamed, you know? So they're just maybe. like, fuck it. We're going to go hard and we're going to be like notorious gangsters. And so now you have the Huts. Of the huts. Do you think Lionel Huts is related to Jabba the Hut? <laughs> I don't think so. Oh. I'll ask Daryl next time. But we'll but you know what I would like to see? I would like to see a siege battle between between the Hut's fortress and like the whole battalion of sand people. Oh. How do you think? I think that would be an interesting battle. How do you think that ends? I think the Tuscan Raiders would win. I think so too. And then I feel like the Jawas would kind of come in there and just loot whatever they can that <laughs> got broken or busted and try to go in. It wouldn't be a Star Wars grab whatever they can. without uh, Jawas uh, picking up the scraps. Right. And then everything's worth money. They know it. True they're that. Like the, uh, <laughs> they're like the uh, Tatooine uh, ice cream men almost, but of like scrap. <laughs> that sand crawler, goddamn! How fast does it go? It's like very slow. I don't, I don't even know if it goes like one mile an hour. I was gonna say eighty-eight miles an hour, but 
but maybe that's different on that planet. <laughs> on that planet, that's extremely slow. slow yeah. <laughs> so, what are we doing here today, Matt? Today, we watched another movie. A movie that my boy PG uh, picked out here. I should say this. When when I first watched the the um the clip um you know when you when you look at the movie you see the clip and stuff like that or i think he sent me a trailer i can't remember when when you when you sent this to me the vibes i was getting was definitely not mch vibes uh i don't even i was like all right i mean i'm i'm totally down anyway but I when, will say, in the end, I was proven completely wrong. I know. Remember? So remember I texted you last night? Um, if you were watching the movie and you asked me, does it suck? Well, I don't know why. Like, I got the, like, because you know how context is lost in text, right? Yeah. You don't really know, like, in what expression, what expressive way somebody's saying something. So I got this kind of vibe, like, ooh. Are you watching this movie yet? <laughs> and so I was like, "Oh, this must be a bad one." I mean, you're not completely wrong. There, there was a. I think that's why when when we talked at the end of it, and I was like, "You asked me how it was," and I was like, "Just hang with it," because I feel like it's a little bit slow to start, but it's not so slow that it takes so long. I think it does a really good job at like ramping up at an appropriate speed. But then it gets to a pace where it just like it hit it just puts its foot on the pedal and it's just fucking balls to the wall to the end. Yeah, it just kinda you know, hits like the bottom surface and just keeps kinda going down, down, down after that, right? Uh yeah, I can see what you're saying as far as like um you know, what's happening in the movie. Like, it, you know, things just keep getting what's worse. What's happening? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. What's um, No, yeah. Yeah. But also, uh, I mean, like, the intensity of the movie ramps up. Like, you know, it, it's a slow build. Then it gets to, like, a really good point, And then, like, from there, it just gets accelerated until we get to the end. Which, which is why, at the end, I was like, that turned me around a hundred percent and I really enjoyed it. Which I think is what you're saying too, right? Like Oh yeah. You were proven wrong in the end. Well, I mean I, all right. Like I did did I think the movie got any better? No, it just went a direction that I didn't see it going. I mean I guess I could have, but I, I mean I there's 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 still some questionable things about it that I don't really no, you know, but uh, okay. I, I wish I could explain it. Better, well, let's do this. Let's stop teasing everybody at home, and why don't you tell everybody what we're talking about? We are talking about a 2019 movie called Bliss. Nikki's pushing me to drop your pieces. I'm going broke. I can't live off of nothing. And I can't live off 10% of nothing. I haven't finished painting in three months. Try this. Closest thing they got to a pure, uncut mix of cocaine and DMT. I started painting again. I don't know 
something came over me, and then it all just started pouring out of me. I don't even remember doing it. Like you blacked out? It's like I was possessed. I mean, that's good, right? Yeah, it's great. Tell me, Des, do you think it was the bliss or the blood? Whatever you gave me, just let me know so I can kick it with something else, because I am not well. You're not gonna die. Trust me. I saw your painting in there. I saw your uh, inspiration all over the counter, too. You know what's wrong. You don't give it up. You can't. Now, if you're looking for this movie, realize there's like a thousand <laughs> other movies of the same name because that's exactly what happened to me. Like, I remember my boy sent me the trailer he, or he sent me uh, the, the the movie itself or a trailer of it or a clip. And um, I was like, all right, all set. It, he said it's on Amazon Prime. I got Amazon Prime. Okay, we're good. Go on to Amazon Prime search engine. And I'm thinking it's a 2017 movie, so it's going to be one of the first ones to pop up, I feel like, or a 2019 movie. And I'm I'm thinking it's going to be at the top of the list, and it's going to go, like, older and older, like, different countries, stuff like that. But it was not there, like, at all. I saw a movie with uh, Owen Wilson, and I forgot who. I, was, uh, I forgot the lady um, interest in, in that movie. But it was another movie called Bliss, and I was like, I don't think this is the one that he's talking about. It's like romantic drama, and, she... <laughs> and so I was like, I, I don't think that's the one. Good guess. I don't remember seeing no Owen Wilson in Bliss. Uh, so yeah, I struggled with it for a little while. I uh, went down the list, and uh, you know, you sent me that, you sent me that picture, and then you sent me like a link to it. Or something of that nature. Yep. Something that got me to where I needed to be. Yep. And I have since re-looked at that list, and I did find it. I think I was actually overlooking the thumbnail. Mm. Somehow that was a thing. But The only one that looked like a horror movie, you're like, nah, that's not it. <laughs> it, it well, I, you know, I it was a very small picture, but the, the whole neon co- colors kind of stuck out to me. I was like, okay, that that's the one. That's yeah. that's what I remember. I gotcha. Um. Okay, so 2019. Okay, uh, directed I, by yeah. uh, Joe Begos. Yeah, Begos. Um. Also directed a movie called Christmas Bloody Christmas back in 2022. And he's also known for another movie called VFW, which was in 2019 as well. Oh, shit. And there's some... Sorry. You know it? Yeah, we do. I do. And we're going to talk about this, too. Okay. Go on. Uh, I was just going to finish that statement with the fact that there are some tie-ins. Not really, like, story-driven, but there are some actors in Bliss that do show up in VFW. Um, One of which, who um, I was surprised very surprised to see i don't know if you know who i'm talking about um i already know and if you say the name right now you're you're gonna bum my intro to this because what i was gonna say 
amongst the star-studded uh, cast we got here, there is one that should be right in the front of that. We're talking a man that's been around for a while, and he d- definitely deserves the credit. The one name that should be realized here, Mr. Uh, George Went. Yeah, we're talking Norm about? himself from uh, Cheers. And so now that you're bringing this up to me about uh, John, what's his name? John Bagos, right? Uh, Joe. Bagos? Joe. Joe, Joe Bagos. Um, I am a fan of VFW. It was a very good movie. It was a Fangoria movie. Fang- Fangoria. Um, I think they were new at the time to actually making movies because they had done, uh, God, what was that one with the, the playful monster on it? It was almost like Power Rangers. The playful monster like Power Rangers. <laughs> it, it felt like Power Rangers. Like You see all these monsters battling each other and shit like I that. I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh, God. Oh, oh, oh. Psycho Gorman. So Never heard of it. it. So uh, Psycho Gorman was, was also a Fangoria um, release. I think it was like one of their bigger releases but yeah i remember fan uh fan, one fangoria magazine that i was looking through had vfw in there and i saw the faces of all the dude you look up the cast for vfw dude you're gonna be freaking shocked Holy oh by the way it's an absolutely great movie and we definitely should cover that too in our podcast vfw oh yeah it's got all the greats in it man Oh shit! Yeah, it does. <laughs> I, dude, I didn't even hesitate to go and buy that as soon as I fucking saw it. As soon as I knew it was released, and I was like, "There's VFW. I'm fucking buying that on Blu-ray." What a movie, man! <laughs> Starring movie. Uh, Stephen Lang, William Sadler, mm-hmm. Fred Williamson. I mean, come on, fucking Fred Williamson, Martin Cove, dude. Yep. George Went, um, Doug Patrick. Or I'm sorry, David Patrick Kelly. Um, Josh Ethier, who's also in um, Bliss. Dora Madsen, who is our main character in Bliss. Um, George Wenton is always in, also in Bliss as well. Uh, let's see who else is in here. Jesse Cove. I wonder if he is related to yes. Martin Cove. Is it's, he? It's, it's, it's Martin son? Cove's son. Nice. And he plays the main bad guy. Nice. Ravenous Hyper. That's a pretty cool name. VFW, a group of old war veterans, put their lives on the line to defend a young woman taking shelter in their local VFW post who's running from a deranged drug dealer and his relentless army of drug-addled punks. All right. Mm-hmm. Kind of sounds... Uh, kind of reminds me of um, Hobo with a Shotgun-ish. But you know that actually that's funny that you even say that because the vibe I got off of it was very much like that. Oh, there you go. But it was it was intense, bro. It, it's an intense movie. And you know what? They didn't man. I yeah, we're not gonna get to talking about this because it, it'll take up this whole episode and I don't want to do that yet. So we, we definitely got we'll 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 do VFW sometime. I think we should. All we'll, right. We'll we'll arrange something. We'll we'll be together, maybe uh, you know, watch the Blu-ray itself and Ooh, look at all the extras and fancy cool shit. Because there is a lot of good shit about that. So all let's right. not go too deep into it. But yeah, 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 great movie, iconic people. Um, this one, uh, I wrote something down here. 
I put this film is a catalyst of design and art form of a u- unique blend of modern noir and capital theme music helped to structure its atmosphere. That was my take on this. Define capital themed music. Like it's just a, it, 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 it takes, it takes charge of it, it kind of, it, it drives the dynamic of the movie. The, uh, the, okay. The, the the music itself uh, hosts a certain atmosphere, I think, on, on its own. Um, in a, a very strange, nightmarish kind of movie, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm going to geek out a little bit here, and I'm going to say... I'm just going to throw all the things out real fast. Um... I like, almost love everything about this movie. I thought the cinematography was great. I thought the lighting was great. I thought the music was great. I thought the um, story was good. Yeah, no, story was great because, um, well, I don't want to ruin it because we're going to get into it, but it turns out to be a certain kind of movie that I don't know that you really kind of see coming. Um, but you're very much familiar with. Uh, it's just a different spin on that type of story. Um, the gore was fucking fantastic. The kill scenes, the music just makes this whole movie so intense. You know, honestly, what I say, right? Yeah, it drives it. Right? Honestly, I I couldn't help but think a couple times, if you would have dropped this movie in the lap of someone like. Uh, I never say his name right, so I'm just gonna I'm gonna say it. And I'm gonna butcher it. Uh, I, I mean, it does have a story, but I just don't see it as much like a story-driven film, really, at all. I mean, yeah, uh, I, I don't I get disagree what was with going that. on. No, I don't. I don't disagree with that. So, so I guess if I need to be a little bit more definitive, I will say that the story that was told was good. Yeah, Great. yeah. Uh, it was kind of like a, well, in, in a way, it was. I don't want to put it lightly by saying it was like a PSA, but you know, it kind of felt like it was. Mm, I didn't get that. So uh, I mean, what I was gonna say is, if you were to drop this movie idea in the hands of someone like Panos Cosmatos, director of things like Beyond the Black Rainbow and Mandy, um, I think. It would have been a little bit better in the sense that, like, I think the movie on itself is great, but it's got a lot of shortcomings. The acting could have been better, especially with our main character. Um, Some of the dialogue could have been written better. Um, and, And really, that's kind of it. So I feel like what I've seen through things like beyond the black rainbow and, um, Mandy, you know, with some better coaching, directing, maybe some higher caliber acting, but I loved everybody who was in it. I feel like that, that's just like the little nudge it needed to be like on a whole nother level. There was some audio quirks with it too. Like there was parts where I was like, Oh, the audio is not good in that part or in this part, but I love that it had like, a grainy look to it almost like a 90s vibe to it um 
it kind of felt like it was from that time too cuz remember she 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 had a, a cell phone but it was like a flip phone yeah but i mean you can make the argument that like you know she's also very artistic and you know anti uh status quo and you know if yeah, i have maybe. to have a phone then like it's not going to be a smart one you know it's going to be you know a fucking flip phone but that like that's the only piece of technology I think we see in the movie because everything else is just like, you know, her in the club and in her studio painting, whatever. I don't want to go off on a tangent quite yet. So um, why don't you tell the kids at home, why don't you give the kids at home a little bit of a rundown of what this movie is? Say no to drugs. (laughs) 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 Um, This is a... A movie where um, uh, you, you, you have the starving artist who, who uh, he's, she, she's got a mental block and um, she can't seem to figure out how to push this painting out. In the process, she's she's got um, you know debt she's got to pay off and stuff like that. You you know there's there's a lot of things that she needs to to accomplish and uh, it seems like she's kind of out of control with it. Um, she goes to, uh, her, her drug dealers, um, friend of hers, uh, and, uh, picks up, um, a, a type of MDMA, I'd say. No, I think the dude described it as the purest, like the closest you can get to a combination of pure cocaine and pure DMT. DMT, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, not MDMA. Yeah, but yeah. So it was uh, some substance she used that uh, totally just took over the next few days of her life, I guess. To control, you know, got her to where she needs to go. Started that painting, that one that's going to be like her greatest uh, painting ever. And yeah, she just goes on a binge. So, uh, the movie opens, um, how does it open? Well, I don't know. I've got it right here in front of well, me. I wanted to bring this up, too. So, we're, we're getting started with the movie, right? I wanted to bring this up. I had to. Okay. You know, I talked about it earlier. Um, so, when you introduced me to this movie, I started watching it, and then the, the credits came on. Okay? Already a good start. Cool, cool little graphics. Uh, uh, cool little intro. Uh, yeah, I mean, no intro, but just a uh, good way of, like... Uh, uh, presenting like the uh, opening credits and some stuff, hard rock but, uh, music flashing lights you know what was dope about the intro was that there's a there's a disclaimer in the beginning yeah i was gonna say that the disclaimer <laughs> was like yeah you probably shouldn't watch this movie you get, you get seizures and shit yeah if you're, this shit's if you're, gonna cause them <laughs> you photos, know shit. yeah if you're subject to like photosensitivity uh photos whatever if you get seizures from like flashing lights don't yeah. watch this movie <laughs> yeah i was like all right let me um, turn so, off all the lights so one of the first names that appears should have been George Wendt. You know, guy deserves first place. That's why I said he's in like should four minutes of this movie, and that's being generous. <laughs> but he's George Wendt, man. <laughs> I mean, he's done a lot. The guy, the guy has done a lot. Plus, spent several hours of his life sitting at a bar, and not just in Cheers, in VFW also, and probably some other movies. Um, the first name that pops up. Or one of the first names. I think it's the, the actress first. But Jeremy Gardner yep. pops up. 
And funny enough, I was I was re overlooking um, something about After Midnight, uh, a, a movie that was actually done by Mr. Jeremy Gardner, and uh, that's how I recognized his name. I was like, wait, I know that name. I had to go back and oh shit, right? Yep. Uh, he, I I saw this movie After Midnight. It was to me a very very interesting movie i never seen anything quite like it and it was it was actually really well done and i believe if i'm not mistaken i don't know if i can look it up fast enough here i i do believe that he directed and acted in in and after midnight it was like a small project of his um he he might have uh, i haven't seen that and i know um when you told me about that i had mentioned that it was kind of on my list i've always, i've always seen the trailer for it but i never actually um watched the movie um let's see here yeah he did direct uh he directed after midnight in 2019 tax montana will survive in 2015 and the battery in 2012 well, I was I was deeply impressed with his performance in in After Midnight. Um, the, being that the the movie wrapped, wrapped around uh, was was about his character, you know, everything was kind of in his perspective, and he was kind of a fun character to follow follow around. And not very far fetched from what the movie we're talking about now. It kind of it's starting almost a descent into madness, but not because. Uh, I don't know. There's, there's a lot to it, but uh, it was a good movie. And also at the same time, I I was keen to want to write a script, but I didn't know. I wanted it to be uh, different in some way, and that movie heavily inspired um, the script that I wrote. And uh, so when I saw that name, I was like, "Oh my god, I know this guy!" You know, like. <laughs> So it was cool, man. Shout out to him. I I think it was a really well done movie and stuff. And um, just like on this one too, he his uh, he he's a good actor, dude. I I liked his role in this movie too. Yeah, same. Um, yeah. So that that was that that bit I wanted to throw in there and stuff. I, I just thought very exciting to get to see his name and stuff. It kind of went full circle with me. I was like, because at this point, remember, again, I was already thinking. This isn't going to be mutant city horror material, but let's let's give it a try. What do you define as mutant city horror material? Well, I mean, look at our track record so far. I mean, it's always, uh, you know, it's always like kinky slashers and shit, and like just naughty and gruesome, um, yeah, it's and true. very badly put put together movies and stuff like that. Uh, th- this one I saw, just like you said, I seen the cinematography. Uh, and I was like, well, this is like a really one of those artsy, artsy movies and shit. And I was like, all right, you know, let's see where this goes. Not that it, it shouldn't belong here in any way, because there's a lot of these movies I do like. There's movies to me that this one kind of reminded me of uh, a lot, like 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 different elements taken from different like ideas. Uh, not that they were, but I just kind of put things together that way. And uh, I don't know. It was. It was kind of an amalgamation of of all that shit. Yeah. 
and and one of the movies that it reminded me a lot of, which was funny, because after I got done watching the movie, it was suggesting the next movie, and that was one of the movies that I was thinking of, was a movie called Neon Demon. Oh, I which, love Neon Demon, man. I mean, that I kind of got that those those same kind of vibes, like you know, with the the the, the way it looked, like you know, yeah, and how isolated you felt and stuff like yeah. that, like how distant from the world. Because that's what it is, right? This girl, this girl's so distant from everybody else, um, and she puts people off uh, until she needs them and stuff like that. So she's already kind of an unlikable character. So uh, let's get let's get into it a little bit. Um, okay. So so the movie opens with her in her you know swanky downtown loft in what is clearly uh, downtown L.A. And she's staring um, at, you know, this really large canvas in the middle of her loft, which, um, she, you know, she's working on a piece, but it's just like this kind of big orange, reddish, um, you know, canvas at the glow. moment. Yeah, it just looks like some kind of random glow or just like yeah. a splotch of like yeah. and, sunrise. Um, so um, it's probably worth mentioning. Um, so our main character, her name is Desi, played by Dora Madison. And then uh, her boyfriend, Clive, also played by Jeremy Gardner. Um, so they're in the loft. And he needs a ride somewhere. She's like, fuck it, let's go. They head out. And the landlord or the super or whatever you want to call him um, catches him on the way out. And he's like, hey, don't forget you owe me rent. And she's like, dude, you know, I'm, you know, I'm going to my agent right now to get paid. He, he's I like how he has I like how he had that typical fucking, you know, the guy with the wife beater, the suspenders and shit like that. He had that typical look of of the superintendent, yeah. you know, like <laughs> he reminded me of the guy who ran the hotel in basket case. All right. Yeah. Yeah. K- kind of like that. So, um, you know, so she's going to get paid so she can come back and pay her rent. And, uh, you know, she gets to um, the agent's office and she finds out quickly that um he's dropping her as as uh, as her rep he she's not none of her pieces are selling she owes um this this large canvas um artwork that she's working on she owes it to a studio um she's been given an advance on her work she's asking for more money even though the piece is not ready so the dude's like you know what Studio doesn't want your shit anymore because they're not selling it. And you're like three months late on this other project. And like, and I can't keep doing this for 10% or some shit like that. Right. Um, no, that's what he, he said. Something he, like that. Yeah. He's, he's, I think the line was like, yeah, yeah. That's what he said about Maui too. You son of a bitch. <laughs> all right. Look, I have a client here, so I'll uh, just see you tomorrow night. All right. All right. Bye-bye. Sorry about that. Look, have you talked to Nikki St. Jean lately? Yeah, yeah, about that. I need a two-week extension. You told me three weeks ago. I mean, come on, you know how it is. But it's moving right along, you know? It's coming out great. Nikki's pushing me to drop your pieces. Drop my pieces? She hasn't even gotten a new one yet. Well, she hasn't moved a piece of yours in three months, and that's when she was expecting this new one. David, I'm going broke. I can't live off of nothing. And I can't live off 10% of nothing. Piece is gonna get finished. Can I see your progress? No, I can't do that. Well, then how am I supposed to convince St. Jean? You're my agent. That's your job. None. You fucking dropping me? 
when you're not giving me a choice. I can't make 10% of nothing. Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Alluding to his commission. So he was uh, like, already, this so has got to be a you. fucked up situation for Desi, right? Is that her, her name's Desi, right? Yeah. Well, like, you know, she's, you know, heading out, trying to get paid on, you know, wages that she feels are owed to her. And then only to find out not only is she not getting paid, but like, you know, she has no more representation and nobody wants to buy her shit. And like, that's got to be crushing as an artist just in general, let alone all the financial strain that comes with that shit, you know? Yeah, when your agent actually fires you, that's like, what the fuck? Yeah, he was kind of a I mean, normally I feel like it's the other way around. Like, what? Yeah. You're a bad agent. Fuck you. Yeah. You're fired. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like that's more common, you know? Right. So you know it's really bad when, when the, the guy that's trying to manage her is just like, enough. Right. This ain't even worth my time, man. There's like <laughs> extracurricular tax activities that are they're just draining my pockets. So, yeah, take a hike. so um she leaves the office she's all bummed out right of course you know like she would be and she calls up um using her fucking flip phone um she calls up her connect des hey shit you're alive yeah yeah i'm alive and fucking well you holding been three months to hear from you, and this is the hello I get. Come on, I, I what hey, the so hell? Are you holding or what? Of course. All right, I'll be there in a minute. I forget what his name was. Oh, it was um, uh, so it started with a, it was like a common name, but it started with an H, hey, and I was like, Hadrian. Hadrian. Yeah. Adrian, but with an H. By by, played by Graham Skipper. He had he had kind of a weird facial. Uh, beard kind of thing going on. It was different, right? It, was, it, it seemed like, uh, God, I want to say it was like a mustache, but beard at the same time that wasn't like your typical beard that didn't have like the chin part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was just like two, I don't know, sacks of fur. I don't know. It reminded me of the guy look. who ran the, you probably don't remember, but the guy who runs the liquor store in House of a Thousand Corpses. Do you remember the name of the liquor store? No. Red Hot Pussy Liquors. And his name was G Ober, but the his his like coworker put another O on it, so it looked like Goober. Goober. Anyways, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Random House of a Thousand fa- uh, Corpses Facts. Yeah. So she goes to pick up, and at I thought it was funny. I made a note when she called him. She was like, hey, you know, uh, are you holding? And he was like, yeah, I'm holding. And I was like, who the fuck's this but holding? I, I think that, I mean, I knew exactly what she was talking about. Well, yeah, I said. knew what she was talking about, too, because we, you know, that term, I don't even know that term was popular when we were in high school. I feel like that's like a 70s term. Hey, man, you holding? Well, I mean, it's better than being on a cellular phone going like, hey, you got drugs? Can I get some drugs from you? We used to do that shit all the time. <laughs> hey, can I pick up? Can I can I come pick up? Well, you yeah, it's I mean? the same thing as holding, uh, though. It's, you know, it's, I guess. Actually, I think it sounds better, dude. Holding? You know, like, yeah. Yeah, I do. I think it's I think it's <laughs> I think it's more straight to the point somehow. 
whatever the case is too she gives him a call and like like he said she said are you holding he's all like oh i haven't talked to you in like three months and that's how you say hell yeah yeah and i was like fuck i've known people that were you know have been there done that kind of shit uh that reminds <laughs> me of uh, pineapple express where they're like we're not friends you're just my drug dealer yeah it's like but yeah, you know, he he tells her, you know, yeah, come on over and stuff. And uh, she goes in there, and there's uh, there's these uh, three old guys, including George Went, uh, and this guy. Do you know who the other his one? His name was? is Abe, huh? Do you, yeah, Abe. Do you know who Abe is? It, it says Abraham Ben Ruby. Well, that no, I, that's his name. I, I've seen him, but I don't know where where. That's his name in real life, but also in the movie, his name is Abe. So I was like, okay, you guys weren't trying very hard. Keep it simple. No, I, I, my, I pictured like they were like, ah, damn it, we need another guy and shit. And like, you know, maybe Abraham just happened to be around. Like, hey, why don't you uh, come join our movie and stuff? Right, we'll just give your character name Abe. Or what's your name? Abraham. All right, we'll call you Abe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> He, they're like we we thought of everyone else's name, but we're just oh we forgot to name this guy. Just call him Abe. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> he he was in two things that I know him from. The first one was a show from the early nineties. I mean, like nineteen ninety to nineteen ninety three. That show was called Parker Lewis Can't Lose. Do you remember? I remember Parker Lewis. So he was in, okay. So, so he, wait, wait, wait uh, was he was he the bully? Yes. No, he wasn't the bully. Yes, he was. He no was way. Kubiak. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's why I recognize his face. He has that same fucking. I'm looking at his picture right now. He's got that same shit eating grin on his face and shit. Like, <laughs> he was yeah. also in. All right. He was also in one episode of Married with Children. He played um, oh, no Bud and Kelly's cousin. Who was getting married and his fiance came to like stay with the Bundys and then Bud ended up having sex with her. You don't remember that episode? Nice. No, I don't. There's the only so reason episodes that, Yeah, that's true that. But the only reason no, I remember I'm sure I don't one, remember a lot of them. The only reason I remember that one is because he's in it and I, I only know him from Parker Lewis Can't Lose. So it all, I remember when I saw it for the first time, I was like, that's fucking Kubiak hey. from Parker Lewis. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. So uh, you got you got Abe there, you got this uh, this guy Lance, and you have uh, George Went who's going by Pops. Yeah, mm -hmm. didn't know that. Mm -hmm. These three old bastards are just sitting there like yammering away and shit about some bullshit and stuff. Uh, just talking uh, shit. They're smoking weed. They're drinking. They're playing cards. Yeah. Like you, you get like total like thug biker like. None of these guys have ever held like a nine to five. You know what I mean? Yeah, I definitely, I definitely agree there. They got yeah. like six kids and like <laughs> they don't know any of them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, maybe two of those are, aren't even in their lives. Or, I don't know. But yeah, yeah. Uh, they they definitely put off those vibes like those old school guys that like you still don't want to fuck with. I, I want to say that dude Abe was is still fucking big too. Oh, dude, he was tall as shit. Yeah, I mean, there's that point where he actually stood up, and you're like, "Oh shit, <laughs> it's a lot bigger than he, he looks sitting down." Uh, she goes in there. She uh, talks to them. She talks with the uh, Adrian, the the drug dealer. Yeah, so he takes her um, to the back room, and uh, he, she's like, "Okay, what you got for me?" 
and he busts out. Um, he was She's like, "Oh, give me ten grams of the Madman." <laughs> uh, no, I'm just you know kind of kind of similar, kind of similar <laughs> scene. It's not too indifferent. Pulp Fiction joke, ladies and gentlemen. Um, don't give him the answer, man. If you know, oh you know. yeah, I'm sorry. You didn't hear that. But I, I I totally misled you. It wasn't from that movie. Okay. Was it? Um. So he busts out three different. Ba- well, he he refers to the drug, right? He's like, I got the best bliss in town, or some shit like that. And right. that's where we find out the name of the drug is bliss. Hence the name of the movie bliss. So, okay. So me in my brain, I'm like, okay, the movie is going to be directly kind of correlated to something about this drug. And it's, um, it's powder, right? It's something that you, um, snort, sniff. I don't know. Yeah, it's just, sniff just sounds weird. Well, I mean, I'm sure you can ingest it in every, in every way possible, but yeah, that's like the typical go to the easy way in. Uh, now yeah. he he had three different types, right? Three different variants. Do you remember the names of the variants? No, but they were some of them were pretty goofy names. So so the first one was Tennessee Black. That okay. one kind of had like the smooth, smoky finish, with like you know very light hallucinogen. Then the next one is Black Dynamite. Oh, hi, girls. What, do you, what is your name? I'm Shawanda, and her name's Brick Willa. Oh, those are beautiful names. I'm Gloria, and this is Black Dynamite. My mama said my daddy's name is Black Dynamite. So did my mama. Oh, hush up, little girls. A lot of cats have that name. And I was like, that's got to <laughs> yeah, be. Yeah, but my like... mind went there, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Black Dynamite. Michael J. White? Yeah. <laughs> a little bit stronger, a little bit heavier on the hallucinogens. And then he busts out the Diablo. What's up, Doc? You and I don't touch this shit. Well, maybe every once in a while, but it don't mainline it. The shit's intense. The closest thing they got to a pure, uncut mix of cocaine and DMT. It's unreal. Yeah. Yeah, I'll take that. Want to try bump first? Uh, I mean, I was going to buy it, but I'll take the sample. Yeah, of course you will. And the Diablo this, is a little special. The Diablo is the one that he refers to as being, like, the closest you can get to, like, a mixture of pure cocaine and DMT. And you got to take a little bit at a time and ramp up to, like, to find your balance because it will knock you on your ass, hard visuals, things like that. So I thought it was very interesting and very different for us to see somebody snorting something that was black in color because all these drugs are black, not white, like typical powders are. So I thought that brought like a different kind of element to the movie, but also really kind of like helps you understand the color of black is dark and violent. And so when you see something like this, you're like, okay, this drug is going to fucking take her for a ride. And it's almost like it's like you as the watcher are doing it with her and it's going to take you on the same ride. Right. Cause we're going to see everything that she sees. So I don't know. It just kind of brought, it brought me into the story a little bit more with it. I'll tell you one thing. It took my cell phone on a ride cause I was watching it on my phone in the, in the kitchen <laughs> And there was so many times in this movie, I was like, am I holding my phone the wrong way? 
you know, because like there's a lot of upside down oh, moments, yeah, a lot yeah. of like, <laughs> like, you know, from the side moment, and you're like, what the wait. I'm all like trying to flip my phone around thinking it's like, I was like, Oh wait. Yeah. This is yeah. A movie. <laughs> so, so she, you know, she does a line and he's like, Hey, you're probably going to want to like stick around for a little while. Cause she's going to knock you on your ass. So she does a bump if you, <laughs> as they refer to it as, and yeah. immediately it knocks her out. She's laying back. She's watching the ceiling fan. And it wasn't like a, a, a possessed reaction. Uh, like, you know, it's like, like, have you noticed that every time she gets on her on her high binge again, like she does that like thing where she like folds almost backward. Well, I mean, it's it's not it's taking it's knocking her back. And it reminded me of like when you hit somebody with like adrenaline in the heart, you know, it's just like that instant, like just fucking I'm awake, which, you know, makes sense because he was saying that it's like, you know, almost like pure cocaine. So I would imagine that gets your heart started pretty fast so so she's tripping balls in the room right she's tripping out on the ceiling fan she's starting to see some visuals somebody comes in the room and like kind of like you know wakes her up not on purpose but just by entering so she's like oh let me get out of here she walks out there's a fucking full-on party in the house now and this is where we meet her friend courtney yeah we realize some time has passed since she's been in there yeah, it's been a few hours. I think even uh, Hadrian comes over and he's like, dude, are you still here? Like, you must have done more than I told you to do. And she was like, yeah, I just, you know, our definitions of a little bit are different. So, like, I took a lot. <laughs> so she hangs out at the party with her friend Courtney. You know, they're drinking, they're smoking, they're still continuing to snort. The yeah, she was supposed to leave at that point, right? She yeah, was on her way wanted, out. She wanted to go back. And then, and like, paint. her friend just shows up and says, "Oh, I can stay for a little bit more." And then that little bit turns into like a lot of an all nighter of just craziness. <laughs> so yeah, so it's a lot of these cut scenes, right? Of like going back and forth between them drinking, you know, with a small group, and then like her and Courtney in the bathroom, like doing lines and smoking. Oh, I think they were in the bedroom doing lines, smoking weed, and then just kind of back and forth, back and forth. She's having like real down to earth conversation with Courtney, but then like in the party, she's like talking shit about her agent and like her artwork and shit like that. And she's going to really just like laying tracks of like anti um, establishment. So you get, you know, that she's like a rebel kind of off the grid, hates the man, um, really kind of like character developing, I thought, in in that scene. Um, but we also um, cut to um, the bedroom and we're introduced to a third character named Ronnie. Ronnie is Courtney's boyfriend. Rocker dude, long hair, black glasses. He comes in. He's like, hey, what's going on in here? Okay. I think I think what he said was... Uh, a tale as old as time. Meaning that like, of course the girls are in the bedroom hiding all the fun stuff to themselves. So he starts partying with them and then like busts out in this like drug induced alcohol soaked threesome, which I had to fast forward through because the kids were on the couch watching the TV. Yeah, I was going to be reminded by one of my things. I was like, so uh, did the kids enjoy this one? Uh, no. <laughs> fast forward. I get the idea. <laughs> 
So, um, real quick, bef- you know, towards the end of that scene in the th- with the threesome, we see the two girls kind of like sitting facing each other, um, and we see um, Desi kind of like looking up in the air at the lights, and you can see blood trickling down from her neck. You don't see her get bitten. You just see the blood coming down. So now she's waking up in the house. Uh, it's daytime the next day. So she bolts, gets back to her house, throws some music on, starts painting. So it's like she's, you know, kind of found a stride, you know. She calls her boyfriend, lets him know, like, hey, you know, I started painting. Something happened to me last night. He's like, what do you mean? She's like, I don't know. Like, just I just had this experience and I came home and I was like, motivated to paint and so we see her working on uh the canvas and she's starting to like develop like she's got this base at the bottom of this like uh orangey glow and you can make out like bodies kind of yeah figures raising their hand to like i i I don't even think they were bodies yet they were just like they were like silhouettes it looked like people like reaching up almost like a concert kind of you know vibe you know like like a bunch of arms like kind of reaching up yeah that's fair. um uh, pretty good uh start with the painting i'd say i was already kind of liking it i was like i can't wait to see where this goes so she goes to the bathroom um and she's like getting ready to take a shower but she's like checking her neck because she feels like something but she's not sure what there's a little bit of like a flashback to where like it's bleeding a little bit, but nothing crazy. And then she's like, you know, taking a shower. She's kind of tripping out, trying to, you know, think about, you know, everything that's transpired. She's trying to get her head right. And then um, Clive shows up, right? Clive comes over to hang out and, you know, they're smoking. And he's like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm glad you're painting. You know, the painting looks really cool. He's like, but, um, you know, I, like, I saw what you're doing. He's like, but I also saw. I, I saw your inspiration. Yeah, I saw your inspiration. Laid out on the countertop yeah, right exactly. there. <laughs> and she gets mad at him, you know. She's like, get the fuck out. Who are you? Blah, blah, blah. But, like, they end up going for drinks anyways, you know. So um, this whole time, you know, she's she's doing rails on the bed. And then they go out and they go to this bar. And she's doing rails in the bathroom now. So, like, she's on it. Like, she's, she's in it, right? And so, um we're starting to see where it, the the usage uh, is tick, ticking up in frequency. Um, so I'm starting I'm starting to believe that like you know the the drug is kind of the center point of this movie, and I think that's what it's intended to do. And so I'm wondering like what kind of effects this is having on her. And um, you know she comes out, she's like fighting with some girl who was trying to get into the bathroom. Um, Really just kind of her personality is turning. She's becoming a lot angrier, um, less patient, um, easily irritated. So again, you know, I'm thinking it's all to do with the drugs. But while they're sitting at the bar, who shows up? Uh, her friend from before and that, that guy, Ronnie. Yeah, Courtney and Ronnie show up. Courtney and Ronnie, yeah. yeah. And we get the impression that Clive doesn't like him because I think he, what he said was like, well, the next scene over, he's like sitting there just staring at Desi, right? And from across the, the table, and the guy's just kind of spilling out a whole bunch of shit. Well, he's so Clive is mad because when when uh, 
Courtney shows up and she's saying hi to Desi. He's like, so what'd you guys do last night? And she was like, each other. And he's like, wait, what? Like he got all jealous. Yeah. <laughs> oh God. Look who's here. Second night in a row. Lucky you. What'd you guys get into last night? What'd you do? Each other. Wait. So, yeah, they cut to a private booth. The four of them are chilling, sitting, um, drinking. And um, Ronnie um, is in a band. So Courtney's telling uh, Desi, like, hey, why don't you come with us to his show? Because his record label guy is going to be there. And, like, maybe we can get you some work with, like, the record label or something for your artwork and stuff. And so she's hesitant, but she ends up going. all like, you, you should go. Like, yeah, no. You. You yeah, he's go. like, yeah, no, but like sarcastically though, he's like, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, you should go. Yeah, you go it. meet. I'm glad you got that because I totally got that. Yeah, he was like, go meet uh, douchebag. What was his name? Uh, Doug? No, it wasn't Doug. I don't know. It's douchebag something. Dante, because they ended up referring to him douchebag as douchebag Dante. Dante at one point. Um, so they go and again like so throughout this whole thing like we're, we're hearing you know they're walking into the club and like you hear these rock bands all these fucking I can't speak more highly of the music that was in it it was great hard independent like rock slash metal but not like hair metal I don't know it was the, the movie is dark in its tone overall so the music matches um, the rest of the movie and, and like you said sets the pace for the movie so um, if if anything like you know I would recommend everybody check it out just based on like some of the cool aesthetics of the movie so we meet um, damn it what was his name again Dante we meet Dante um, you know, um, Courtney and uh, Courtney and Tequila's in Desi and Courtney are still, you know, doing lines right there in the club. And Dante comes over and joins them. And then, like, Courtney passes out. No, not Courtney. Uh, Desi. Yeah, they do. They do a bump in the little snuff thing that she's got. And then uh, he comes up and he's like, "Hey, what are you, what are you guys doing over here and stuff?" And he's like, kind of like, "Don't mind if I do," kind of shit. Like yeah. he just dips right in, and as soon as he does, Desi just falls to the floor. And Courtney warned him too. She was like, "He's kind of a vacuum by nature, if you know what I mean." Sniffing up all the drugs. So what happens from there? What? So she passes out, and then what happened? Uh, just another barrage of like uh, visual entertainment like you know like we're we're uh, we're kind of sucked into a little drug binge at this point and stuff and the movie kind of puts you in that binge you know uh, Courtney picked her up and put her into the bathroom so she can kind of like collect herself and she starts vomiting in the bathroom well yeah do you remember right. what she's throwing up well she's throwing up red and I'm assuming it's blood. I I saw it a little bit darker. I thought it was 
black because at this point there's no blood well, I, yet. Everything looked at because there was very dark lighting. Too. Yeah, true. But um, I took it more it, as like she's had too much of the uh, too much of the bliss in her, so she was throwing some of it up. Yeah, yeah, it seemed kind of like that. So while they're in there and she's trying to like clean up and you know she's throwing up and she's trying to collect herself, this blonde girl walks in and she sees the two of them like you know all fucking strung out or whatever and you know she does that thing with her face where she's like ugh you know. So at this point. Desi is telling Courtney like she's feeling a little bit weird. I, I don't know if she used the word hungry at all, but like she definitely was saying that like she wasn't feeling good. Courtney walks over to the blonde girl at the sink and grabs her by the back of the head and just like forces it right into the uh, back. She pulls her head back and takes a big ass bite of her neck. Now I will tell you because I watched this movie kind of twice. I watched it once all the way through last night, and then again today I was kind of skimming through it again. I didn't pick it up when I watched it the first time. I thought she just had re- you know, pulled her head back and just bit her in the neck. I didn't really put the vampire correlation on it yet. But I obviously the second time I was like, oh yeah, it's a telltale sign of the fact that like she's a vampire, right? And so um, she gets her mouth full of blood and then she comes over and she like makes out with Desi and she's like giving her all that blood in her mouth and then you see Desi like supercharged right she's like oh first of energy she's back on her feet like she's good to go so that's kind of your first inclination of like okay the blood is a thing for her yeah so like you said more visuals, more craziness in the bathroom, and then it cuts to her waking up naked in her living room, just like not knowing what the fuck happened. But what do we find out that she's done when she wakes up? More of the painting. Yeah, and it's coming along, man. It's starting to look... Because that was one thing she had brought up to to uh, Jeremy Gardner's character, Clive. Uh, was that uh, when she was painting while she was on this, like she doesn't re- recall any of the actual paint job. Uh, at this point, I had I I had seen how the painting was going, and it looked very um, like if there was like a satanic church kind of, uh, you know, what do they call those windows? You know, like you know, the, like in churches and stuff, they're all like different colors and stuff um mosaic uh, I don't, yeah i, I mean don't. i know what you're talking about that's like the crush it looks like an image that you would see like that like on a satanic church because mm. all these uh the figures are now growing into like uh it looks like uh naked people reaching up and stacked on top of each other that's what the, the base was like the silhouettes and then now you're starting to see it um, it, it actually, you know, what it reminded me of was the. Uh, do you remember that game, um, Castlevania, that you know we used to play? I don't know if you were with us, like Alex and Jose's playing it and stuff, but Alex would always play the shit out of it. Um, Symphony of the Night. Yeah. There was that boss fight where it was like a a 
just an orb of like bodies (laughs) and you would have to like like hit it you know with different hits and stuff and as you did that like bodies were just flying off of it and stuff yeah like it was just coming apart but it was just a mass of bodies it looked like that but they were kind of like stacking upright like they're and you can see that there's an image forming here and stuff and it just to, to me it looked very not biblical but like biblical from like a satanic point of view i thought where this was taking her was into like i don't know some kind of purgatory or something like that Mm. at this point okay yeah that's a uh, it's not a part of it that i had put into perspective the um yeah you know what i didn't really give it much thought in regards to like what that inspiration was or what she was trying to like put out there you know what i mean because you and i both know what the final product is but like even knowing what it is like i didn't really kind of pay attention to like what she was going for in that painting so that that's a good part of it yeah so um you know she's collecting herself she's tripping out looking at the painting um you know and then her um i don't want to say her not her art I guess her art dealer, I guess, right? Because, like, this is the lady The who... person that was going to be displaying her artwork that does display her artwork at some gallery somewhere. Yeah. Uh, and and I guess the, the one that she's doing this job for. Correct. And and she's supposed to be uh, have this done in, like, a few days, and she says that she can do it. Desi says well, now that, she's got yeah, all that fucking... <laughs> she's got that, uh, that, that drug company. All that inspiration. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it. So, um, you know, they have a a conversation about it. She leaves or whatever. And then she jumps in the shower again. And this time in the shower, she's starting to like hallucinate. Right. Because, again, remember, the bliss causes hardcore hallucinations and the the water just quickly turns into blood. So she's like bathing in blood, which I thought was a pretty cool scene. And then it cuts to her just kind of like vegging out on the bed. And then she starts to start she goes to start painting again but she can't again she's hit this kind of mental block where like i don't know what to do and it's more so because she's sober at the moment she's not as high as she was when she was you know she'd black out and paint and all this great stuff would come out but now that she's sober and aware and like intentfully trying to do something nothing's coming out so she's getting frustrated she starts taking some more of the of the bliss um, but she's also like not feeling well, right? She's feeling um, sick, right? She calls Courtney and she's kind of like pacing. She's getting up. all strung out. She's walking yeah. in, in a circle around her apartment and stuff. Like, what? What is that that you know that you gave me? Blah blah blah. And like, she just keeps going on. What happened last night? I remember, you know, I remember something happened. And like, like she's she's trying to get all the information she can because at this point, kind of like as the viewer at, at this point, the 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 line of reality and non-reality are kind of blurring. And so, I think uh, along with that comes uh, like what we're seeing and feeling at this point is what she's seeing and feeling. And I think that's where they're going with that is that um, now it's like, so what really happened? Like. Did that, you know, did that girl really bite that other girl in the, in the bathroom, the corner? 
Courtney, right? Yeah, Courtney uh, bites the other girl in the bathroom. Is that what she really saw, or is it just a visual of hers? You know, it, it kind of takes you on that ride a yeah. little bit. And she's starting to flip out on herself in the bathroom, right? Looking at the mirror. Um, you know, she's like, you know, her, her her reflection is like laughing at her, and she's trying to like, um, she's just flipping out, dude. It reminded me of like a Requiem for a Dream, where everyone's just like, uh, that that was what the this this movie kind of reminded me of. Uh, you know, like essentially it's just get, getting so high you're just starting to descend into madness yeah, at this point. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Um so, you know, she's freaking out, she's tearing up her apartment, you know, she's calling Courtney like how come you're not calling me back? Please call me back. Like she's just freaking the fuck out. And uh I mean, as you would, especially if you saw this girl kill somebody in front of you and you're still trying to figure out did that really happen or not? And now why aren't you answering your phone? Yeah, yeah. She's starting to feel more and more alone about this, like you know. She ends up oh. like passing out, like on the verge of passing out in her bathroom. And what we see is she's kind of laying there, like you know, with her eyes, like you know, deer in the headlights. We see Clive over her, like clapping his hands, like trying to get her attention. He's like, "Hello, hello." Well, well she had called him, right? Well, she did. And then she went on her like her little madness spell, um, and then she you know tears up the apartment. She passes out. Then we see him, and then it just instantly cuts from her laying on the floor in the bathroom to her standing talking to him. And it's like you get that panicky sense as a viewer. At least I did of like, oh, like that's not even what was happening. Like how long have I been standing here talking to you? Like how did you even? When did you get to my house? What are we even talking about? How did like how did I even get in this room? So I thought that the movie did a really good job of like providing that sense of panic uh, to me, at least. Um, but I think that that's kind of what they were going for. And, you know, he's like he's like mad slash concerned about like how much she's doing. And like, you know, she's freaking out. And, you know, he's like starting to like not judge her, but like he told her, like, Courtney called me and told me you were freaking out. So I you know thought I'd come over and check on you. And she took that all personal, right? She was like, who the fuck are you talking about me? And like, you're just some loser bartender. And, you know, I'd rather like, you know, die trying to create something than to fucking sit here and just drink my life away with you. And he was like, fuck you, bitch. I'm out of here. And he left. Yeah. Which, I mean, rightfully so, it's kind of a dick move. But then again, you're all, you know, junkied out. So it kind of comes with the territory. And not to mention, he just fucking he, he he trashes the rest of her stash too. Fucking just fucking like that grabs. That's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Which is a, yeah. a it's crucial because no hap- more of this shit. Like fucking. Yeah, he was just like fuck it and just wiped it all out. So, as a result, she's like, I you know again still thinking that you know it's the drug. That is the thing that is inspiring her and providing the creativity and like leveling her out. So she goes back to Hadrian's house and is like, I need more. He's like, how much you got left? And she's like, none, I'm out. And he's like, dude, you were not supposed to do that much that fast. Like you are going too hard. And she's all, like you said, strung out. He's trying to talk her down, but she's like, no, give me more, give me more. And he's like, I'm not. You know, and she's like, dude, just be my friend. He's like, I'm totally being your friend right now and I'm not going to give you any. 
and she um, starts getting sick again, right? So she runs into the bathroom. She's throwing up. This time she's throwing up blood for sure. It's very, it's very red. He's freaking out. He's like, fuck, I'm going to call you, uh, you know, an ambulance or whatever. And while she's, you know, getting sick in the bathroom. And you didn't get the drugs from me. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> they're going to be asking. You didn't get them from me. While she's getting her shit together in the bathroom, he's sitting at the table with Pops and Abe, and they're arguing about some shit, right? And, like, Abe pulls out his gun, and he tells Pops, like, go here, here's my gun. Fucking kill me. Do it, you little bitch. And I was like, oh, shit. Getting crazy. So they start fighting, and in the midst of fighting, Hadrian tries to break it up, and he gets elbowed in the face. And it like his nose starts to bleed, and I think this oh, is yeah, yeah. this is kind of the moment where like this is where it amps up. At least for me, it did, because she's watching him bleed, and he's she's looking at him like like I'm gonna fucking pounce on you, and he notices that too because she had mentioned to him that like she was having this craving for blood, and he was like blood, what the fuck? Like you're doing way too much of that shit. So now. That he realizes he's bleeding. She mentioned that she had a craving for blood and she's got that look in her eye. Two seconds later, she's like, she runs and jumps on him and just starts eating the shit out of him, biting his fucking neck, just like going to town on him. And this, this scene was actually pretty dope. I enjoyed it, man. She's attacking the shit out of him. She's eating him. And, uh, you know, she, uh, Pops tries to intervene and, like, save him. But then he, she ends up, like, ripping his arm all off and, like, eating his flesh and, and drinking his blood. And, dude, it's a very fucking wild, intense scene. I mean, she bit off Hadrian's fingers. He's got, like, that Freddy Krueger scene from Nightmare on Elm Street 1 where, like, he cuts off his fingers and there's just, like, blood coming out. Like, that's happening. She's got that wild yeah. look in her eye. I mean, I know I'm talking kind of like real fast and animated, but like, that's how this scene is. It really kind of lights a fire to like the rest of the movie. So she kills Hadrian. She kills Pops, and then Abe comes. I don't. I don't even remember seeing Abe leave the room, but he comes back and she jumps on him, bites him in the neck, and like. So she's three guys in there at this point. One of them, she's. It's uh, she almost like, uh, it's kind of like a um like a Capri Sun, <laughs> kind of you know the where you, you sip out the Capri Sun and stuff and like kind of hollows <laughs> it out. She was uh, she was sucking the blood out of that one dude and it looked like he was sinking in a little bit, you know. Oh, uh, <laughs> I didn't notice the sinking in part, but like I think it was Hadrian's fingers, right? She like took his hand and put it in his mouth or put it in her mouth and was like sucking all the blood out. It, I don't know if it was his, his corpse or not. It was one of their corpses though. She was, she was, uh, yeah, sucking them dry pretty much. Yeah. Um, so again, I thought that was a fucking kick-ass scene. Um, and then when she's done, she finds this big ass fucking batch of bliss just sitting on the table. So she like, takes this big ass scoop and i remember saying out loud i was like damn that's a lot of that's a lot like she she had like a mountain on a credit card and she just fucking took the whole thing and it cuts to this cool scene of her driving her car which is a fucking um 
convertible. I don't know what kind of car it is. It looks like an old Cadillac, but like she's driving it at night down like what looks like Hollywood Boulevard. She's got her sunglasses on. She's got her mouth full of blood, just kind of dripping down her neck. Like it's a it's a pretty dope like transitional scene until she gets back to her house. And when she shows up, she's got this duffel bag that she brought from the house, which has got a big ass stash of bliss. She brought the handgun um, and then she just gets to work. So from here, she starts painting. She's going all out. She's got the music fucking blasting. She's doing all kinds of the bliss. She's just like the music's going. She's like going crazy on the canvas. She's like in the zone. And you hear knocking at the door and you hear yelling. And the fucking landlord pops in. Remember, he comes in all pissed off and shit. And he's like, turn the fucking music down. And he turns her around and he sees her all crazy. And he gets scared and she comes after him. And she like stabs him in the eye with her paintbrush. um, And starts, you know, I think she even like bit his nose or like his forehead or something. She just like took his face and like started chomping away and he's laying there or he falls down bleeding and shit she walks right to the table and just like in typical tony montana fashion just puts her face in the pile of bliss and just starts inhaling or snorting or whatever you want to call it so she wakes up in the bathroom naked again um comes out only to find that um there's somebody in her apartment do you remember who it was it was her agent from before. Yeah, fucking asshole. <laughs> He's what? all like, I, I didn't mean anything I said. I, I, I said what I said because I was trying to light a fire under your ass. And look, it worked. And he's like looking at her painting and shit. But, you know, yeah, questionable. he, he like, only came <laughs> because homegirl from the studio was there and told him like after the fact, like, dude, you fucking lied to me. You told me that she wasn't doing shit. I saw the painting. It's coming along. It's going to be ready in a couple of days. So he was like, oh, well, like, let me go cash in on that. So she kicks him out. She gets um, she's kind of, you know, standing there looking at the painting. She's, you know, seeing all the fresh paint and the, and the bodies and it looks like guts and it looks like blood. You know, she's having these flashbacks of uh, what happened over at um, Hadrian's house. And she's kind of got this smirk on her face like she likes what happened. Um, And then she leaves, right? She leaves. She goes to talk to her landlord, but he's not answering the door because I think she went there to kind of confirm for herself whether or not she like killed him. And he wasn't answering the door. She she started freaking out. And then she went over to um, the bar where she usually meets Courtney and she can't find her there. Um, she's trying to like call her, but no one's really kind of like responding to her. Then she ends up in this other bar and she does find Courtney and what was his well, name? She called her up. She called her from a payphone, right? And, uh, she asked her where she was at. I, uh, okay. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And so she found her and then ended up over at the yeah, bar. She finally contacted Courtney, who was like, oh, I didn't recognize your number, so I'm calling you from a payphone. Which, oh, that's right. Like, that's right. Again, another, you know, could be like that 90s vibe that you're talking about. That's true. Like, you don't see payphones that often. Hollywood's last payphone. <laughs> so that's where she, she, she meets up with her at another, another, some other club or whatever. Yeah, she's there with uh, Courtney's there with Ronnie. They're, you know, 
again, really well lit, uh, dark red club, goth vibe. They're sitting there with their sunglasses on. And, you know, uh, Desi's like pissed off at Courtney. And she's like, hey, is there a fucking reason you haven't called me back yet? I haven't gotten around to it. Don't give me that fucking cute little bitch routine right now. What the fuck did you do to me? Ever since that fucking bathroom, half of my existence is a fucking blackout and the rest is just withdrawal like a motherfucker. So tell me what the fuck is going on? You know what's wrong. And it looks like you've already fixed the problem. <laughs> now if you'll excuse me, doll, I'm gonna go get myself another drink. You just have to embrace it, hon. You'll come around. I refuse. This isn't dope. This isn't booze. This isn't bliss. You don't give it up. You can't. So it was at that point where I was like, they're vampires. She's transitioning. That's why she's been ha- she's been struggling. Um, and she even told Hadrian at one point, like, she was having that craving for blood. And he was like, ah, it's just the bliss. You had too much. And she's like, no, it's the bliss that's, like, suppressing that, which is why I want more bliss. But, like, I can't shake this, like, craving. So I put all that together, albeit a little bit late. Um, I think there's been plenty, you know, lots of things here that kind of outline that they're vampires. But I finally put it together and was like, okay, she is transitioning to vampire, which is why she's going through all the the pangs, if you will, um, and the cravings for the blood. So she doesn't like that response. She bones out. She gets back to her um, her loft, and who's waiting there at the loft? Would that be? Clive? Yeah, reliable Clive. Boyfriend's there, yeah. you know, worried about her. And she's like, dude, leave. Get the fuck out of here. Because I think she realized at this point, too, what she did to her landlord, what she did to the drug dealer and the old guys. Like, based on her conversation with Courtney, she's like, I think I know what's happening here. And, like, you need to get the fuck out. And he refuses. You know, he's trying to be a nice guy. And he's like, no, I'm going to be here with you. And I'm going to try to help you. And, like, Ends up like um, falling off the bed. I think she like pushed him by accident or maybe on purpose. And as he's like on all fours, she just takes like a big ass bite out of his uh, ankle. Oh yeah, yeah. The Achilles. Uh, yeah, the heel. The heel. Yeah, thank you. And, yeah, uh, and uh, <laughs> piece of it still under the mouth and shit. <laughs> Yeah, when she pulls back and stuff, <laughs> she spits it out. Yeah, she took a deep gash. Yeah, it was a it was a nice one too. Uh, knocks him back on his back and stuff, and she takes a nice big uh, jab at his throat. What I mean by jab is bite at his, at his throat. She makes out with a little with with him a little bit first. Oh, but yeah, and then right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think it's one of those things where like, um, you know, I love you but you're about to die, you know? And I'm like, I'm sorry for what I'm about to do. And she doesn't even take a, she doesn't even go like, she doesn't bite him on the neck. If you recall, 
she fucking snapped his head backwards. Backward, yeah. And you see, right. like, the spinal cord sticking out. And you see all this blood, like, gushing out. And then she goes down and starts, like, drinking the blood and, like, taking some bites at him, which I thought was, I saw, I was like, oh, shit. Like, I said that out loud. I was like, oh, fuck. That was pretty dope. Um, but she starts tripping again because, um, you know, she gets up. She's Her eyes are all fucking wide. And, you know, she, I think she saw her front door was open. So she wasn't sure if, like, someone was in the house or what. Um, so she finds herself, you know, again, just kind of going through all the motions. She's freaking out in the bathroom again. And um, I think she kind of... Like par- a hyper sense of, like, paranoia going on at this point. Or, like, again... The lines of reality are completely blurry and you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Like it's probably just as much as she is, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And she's, you know, so she's decides to just like hunker down and she's freaking out. And I didn't even see when it happened. I think, I think maybe she had stepped back out and then, um, yeah, she had stepped back out because she was freaking out. So she went and grabbed the gun to try to help her feel safe. And she takes a look at the painting and it's like, it's more now. Like there's been so much progression on this painting, um, which is dope because you don't really see her all the time working on it. But I think the worse she gets, the more the painting gets filled in. And so it's a good indicator of like how fucked up she's really been. You know what I mean? It's, I, I, I like to think of the, the painting as like, the, the the time clock for the movie and shit, you know. Yeah, it, it's almost As like it gets a, more near to it to it being finished. So is the film, and so is her binge. Yes, but but I I guess what I'm trying to say is like um, I'll I'll put it to you this way, um, you watch Always Sunny, right? Yeah, I'm so, so far behind it, but but yeah, but you know uh the character Cricket. Yes. The guy who was the priest and then left the church and like started doing drugs and then like is like homeless and like. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, his character in that movie or in that show to me is a visual representation. You see the degrading of him as a person going from a man of the cloth to like, you know, uh, a homosexual, homeless drug addict. And like he, he is just the visual manifestation of how shitty the gang gets over the years. Yeah. Cause it's all their personalities, but like you see it physically manifest in him. That's kind of what I think about this, this um, painting, which is like the more darker it gets, the more complete that it gets, the more she is, you know, on the drug going through her transitions and like becoming more violent more radical so i i thought i i thought it was a good comparison between yeah, the passing of time like you indicated and like the development of her psyche and you know just kind of her in general the, the dwindling of her mind yeah just yeah 100 going slowly going bye-bye yeah yeah uh yeah and then uh you know like the 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 figures on on this are starting to to pile up even more and it's starting to form into um uh like a larger body that all these little bodies are crawling up to so we we, we see like hands kind of like uh, you know arms 
on the figure that they're crawling up onto, mm-hmm. which is a larger figure. So already, you know, at this point, I was already picking up the vibes that this is uh, has to do with her. Like she might be this figure that she's painting. Um, or, yeah, I mean, that's good. that's I... what I took from it at the, at this point. I I I kind of figured that that's what this painting was doing. Yeah, I didn't put that together until the end of it. So kudos to you for picking it up. You know, before. Well, in fact, I think I saw some of the faces of the figures, and they looked very similar. Some of the figures looked very similar to victims of her. Oh, yeah, I didn't catch that either, because they were more I, silhouette I, I than I anything. Just, so I don't know. Maybe I yeah. maybe I missed it. Yes, I don't know. Some of them kind of look like that, but you know, I I may have been looking too far into it. There's no no telling, <laughs> especially. <laughs> When 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 you feel like you're on, you're like heavily on drugs yourself, just watching this movie, you're like, oh, "Fuck, <laughs> did I really see that right?" Or you know. So she's staring at the photo, and then she freaks out because um, um, Clive is still there. So what she does is she grabs the gun and like ends up shooting him in the face, or at least, yeah. at least what looked like. How him is he face. still alive though? That's that's what I didn't understand. Uh, I'll get there. So she shoots him in the face and then she goes and runs in the bathroom with the gun. That's how she got it in the bathroom. But then you hear him through the bathroom, like talking to her, yelling at her. Like, you know, she's like hallucinating. So you like you hear her. You hear him telling her, like, do it, bitch. Fucking kill yourself. And like she's pointing the gun. She puts it in her mouth. She's pointing it at her temple. And he's like encouraging her to kill herself. And so I had the same question, which was like, how is he still alive? And how does he know what she's doing in there? That doesn't make any sense to me other than like, she's just hallucinating. Yeah, that, that's the only rational explanation I think I, I could think there. And also, uh, I, I think uh, what, what I also thought too, when I saw him still crawling towards her and stuff, I was like, all right, he's dead. But I think maybe... This is either like, you know, like uh, he's haunting her now. And I believe that kind of goes along with some of the voices and the laughing, the disembodied laughter and stuff that she hears and stuff. And I think these are all kind of like, uh, you know, uh, if you think about like American Werewolf in London, uh, he's always being visited by all the ghosts uh, of the people that he's killed. I get that same vibe off of this. I think I think because uh, it went from him, and then like you said, she she she's in the bathroom with the gun, and then she finally pulls the trigger, blows out her own brains out. Right, she just falls, limbers over, and the, there's that long kind of you're kind of waiting to see what's going to happen next, and what happens next, Paul? Um, her body comes back together her brains go back and in her pieces, head and yeah the pieces of her head just kind of come back together like yeah a puzzle and, and then she's up and she's alive and she's tripping out because she's still alive and she's like what the fuck i just killed myself and then she comes out only to find that um clive is also very much still alive and up and walking around and again this made sense to me now now i understood why he wasn't dead when she shot him in the face and why she got back up and why he's still alive because they're vampires that's not how you kill vampires 
Remember, before she shot him in the face, she bit him in the in the heel. Mm-hmm. So she made him a vampire at that point. So when she shot him, he didn't die. Now I will say that conversion happened really fast. I, I I'm not a vampire expert, so I don't I don't know, you know what the the uh, transmission slash conversion rate is for when you uh, are supposed to become a vampire, but. That's what I got. Was like, okay, he got turned, then shot in the face, and that's not how you kill vampires. So it explains why she, he is still alive, and why she's still alive. So they're arguing about it, right? And you know, um, you can see some of like his scars and shit. You know, his head's back on his neck because again, it got snapped all the way off. And then <laughs> Courtney comes in. Well, you don't really see her right yet, but what happens is. As um, Clive and Desi are arguing, Clive has this big. One arguing, I think they're like physically fighting. Yeah, and like you said, Courtney came in with some kind of sar- sharp object, like a javelin almost. Yeah, it's something that you just casually walk on the streets with, you know, <laughs> like like you do. <laughs> yeah, and she, right. <laughs> and where does she plunge it? Well, through his heart. Why through his heart? Well, that what she says is that in order, in order to get him, you gotta get him through the heart. Unless you ruin the heart. Vampires. Stake through the heart. Yeah. I mean, it's not a stake, but still through the heart. So, vampire. And then, like, he melts in this really kind of cool way, kind of like a what it would look like if you melt like a Barbie doll, kind of, which I thought was cool. But then. Desi and Courtney start fighting. They start going at it. And, like, Desi's all pissed at Courtney for doing this to her. And Courtney's like, you know, you should be lucky and blah, blah, blah. And so, like, they just argue and they start fighting. And um, Desi ends up killing Courtney. And she starts melting the same way, too. And it's this long, not long, but, like, it's this really drawn-out fight between the two of them where, like, they're, like, spitting blood at each other and they're, like, they're they're fighting up against the painting so like in the end right after she's killed courtney it's just desi in like her underwear right in her g and then like she's naked nonetheless or all all the way around and she's got all this paint on her this dark black it's dark orange this red she's got blood all over her she looked like she was dancing in the club at the opening scene of the the blade the first blade movie where she's just like soaked head to toe yeah, well, I mean, there's blood all over the apartment at this point. Oh, yeah, 100%. And she's, like, furiously finishing the painting, right? But at the same time, she's got all her demons are kind of coming up uh, on to her feet, right? Uh, everyone that she's killed is kind of, like, crawling up to her and, like, you know, they're mm-hmm. tormenting her. And Again. Very similar to the painting. Co- correct. It's so much so that when she finally turns around and yells at them and they all, like, vanish... She is standing in front of the painting in such a way that she is standing the same way that she has painted this figure to be on the painting. So I didn't realize it until right now because I got it on in front of me um, that that is what you were talking about in the sense of like she painted herself. She kind of um, uh, what's the term I'm looking for? Where like you manifested it, right? She kind of manifested this scene at the end where she's standing there um, naked covered in blood with all these bodies kind of you know crawling to her at her feet 
And that's pretty much what we have in the painting. Yeah. She yeah, puts, and uh, it's kind of a mirror image of what's going on here. She puts the finishing and, touches on it. I'm sorry, mm -hmm. I cut you off. No, no, no. It's good that you were getting there. She puts the finishing touches. She's putting the finishing and, touches on it. And ladies and gentlemen, we will soon have a very explosive ending. <laughs> so... Were you saving hold that? Hold on tight. Were you saving that? <laughs> I feel like you like thought of that earlier. I'm like, I yeah, can't wait I was to use holding this. on to that nugget this whole time. Man. <laughs> I was pitching that one. She's standing there in awe of her own painting. She's like, you know, I can't believe it's done. Oh my god, it's so beautiful. And it's a badass. It's a badass painting, right? It's like this, like um, I don't know what would you call it, like an angel, like a like a hell, like a demon angel, right? It's got these like red eyes well, we haven't got, got there like yet we haven't got there yet well, we, we didn't get a good glimpse of it yet she's you, you do because what happens is as she's staring at this canvas the sun is starting to come up and i don't know if she stood there intentionally or if she just didn't know but the sun's coming up and what happens with vampires when the sun comes out well they usually catch on fire that I thought. they do yeah but, you know, this movie's different in a whole bunch of ways, so why not be different with the way that the vampires die? Especially this one. She fucking blew up. She's just a huge explosion of blood and guts everywhere. It was fucking dope. Yeah. Did her last bit on the painting and boom. Yep. So now and then, he's good. And then and then we we get the we get the uh the scene, the, the leftover scene of, of everything around, the blood all over the place and stuff, uh, you know, corpses, everything. And we get uh, a, a zooming uh, close-up of the painting, finally finished. And this is kind of like what you were saying, like, like it, the, now the, uh, the, the larger figure has a face, a head, um, and then we see that it looks like her. Um, pale white eyes and stuff. Uh, like you said, the whole angel kind of theme with uh, it's got a halo over it and stuff. It's it's kind of like a painting of some kind of macabre like worship, and uh, she's the subject of the painting. Yeah, it was dope. Painting was dope. At the end of it, I was like, I thoroughly enjoyed that movie more than I thought yeah, I was going right to, especially that, the way that credits it kind of thing. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Sorry. Uh, I enjoyed it so much that I want to I want to try to find out if there's like a soundtrack to it because the music in that was pretty dope. And there's a lot sure of scenes. You just look like, it up on Spotify. I'm pretty sure it's on there. If, if there's a formal soundtrack, you know what I mean? But I'm sure like I could go You'd somewhere. You'd be surprised and find how many movies do, though. The track listing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, you're right. OK, so now I'm curious to know you had some questions towards the end. Right. And one of those. I think uh, maybe not so much a question, but like I think the sentiment in the beginning was like you didn't really feel like it was a vampire movie in the end. I, I thought it was going there. And, and in the end, I, I thought it was a very different kind of thing going on. I didn't I wasn't thinking vampires more or less. I was thinking more like just something that we hadn't seen before. Um, kind of like they were straying away from the, the idea of the vampire, uh, much like, well, much like 28 days later, virus zombies versus, you know, your traditional flesh eaters and shit. Yeah. Um, 
I, I, so the reason why I didn't want to call them vampires, I mean, technically, yeah, but they're, they're just not like the Hollywood vampire that you would expect. I just, there's too many things here that also told me that this couldn't be that. Now, I didn't notice the sunrise thing. I thought she just blew up. Like, she was just done. Like, was just, like the, you know, too much of the drug and too overwhelming, and she just fucking blew up. I didn't, I didn't, you know, put put in the whole sunrise thing. I didn't realize that, but um, yeah, I, I just, I didn't think vampire. I don't know. I, I, I just think it, it went a different route than that. I just think it's some un unknown. Oh, that's what I was gonna say. Cause half the movie, you know, she is cruising around during the day and shit. So like that didn't seem to affect her very much. Granted, she only met her friend at night and stuff and in, in clubs. Okay, I'll, I'll give it that much. But her herself, she didn't seem to be. I thought about you know. that. I thought about that. There was the first. So the first night when they had the threesome is the night she got bit. Because there's that scene at the end. And you see the blood coming down her neck. Yeah. And then so she wakes up in the morning and goes out. Right. And she gets in her car and leaves. It's not even the next morning. I think it's, I think it's the next like afternoon because she gets in her car and leaves and then there's this scene of her eating like a burrito all randomly and like it's it's dusk like it's sunset time so granted it's still light outside you know when she left the house but i again i don't know the rules of vampirism like i don't know like do you immediately not be able to sit in the sun or does it take some time because you're not fully converted yet. Do some things only work first before others? Because again, Clive got bit in the foot or in the heel and then like he got shot in the face and he didn't die. So like, do you instantly have, you know, everlasting life? Uh, well, no, I wouldn't say that, but do you instantly have like that ability to like heal quick as soon as you are converted? Are well, you automatically this, converted you when, as soon as you get bit? You know, obviously there's a transitional period because we saw her go through it. So, yeah, I can see that point for sure. But I think there are too many other points that dictate that this was a vampire movie. We just don't say the word vampire. Eh, could be. Oh, yeah. Well, the, also, too, like I there there's always the legitimate possibility that this was all part of her drug binge. Yes, that is another part of it. That she that I could thought. have fabricated a lot of this. I mean, see that that's why I didn't take on the fact that that uh, her her boyfriend was converted or anything like that because I thought it was just something she was seeing herself. Not really, it wasn't really happening. And who knows if the killings were really happening or if they were. Did they make any sense to her? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. There, there's just no. A, that's a really good point because I think what's happening now that now that you say that, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm wondering if I'm just too hung up on the excitement of the idea of like a very, you know, abstract version of a vampire story. You know what I mean? Because like again, this this movie checks a lot of boxes for me. It's got great music. It's got great visuals. Um, it's not, it's, it's, it's not, um, very forgiving. Um, so like, I like those things, right. I like when it doesn't have a happy ending. I like when, 
You know, it's got a darker tone to it, you know? So I think because of that reason, I'm just kind of hyper focused on the idea that it's a vampire movie because if it is, it's a really good spin on it. So again, that's another like point in the wind column of like why I love this movie, but I never stopped to think that maybe this is all just bad hallucinations like she told she was told she was going to have. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, like like the whole total recall thing. Yeah. Very I mean true. I and and very plausible like I could say that yeah, there there is a vampirism in this movie for sure. I wouldn't go as far as to actually call it a vampire movie itself. I think I I think the element of vampires is suggested in it, but I wouldn't put it in the vampire category. Is I I think where I'm really going with the whole like, yeah, non-vampire you. thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. Because you, you, you go into the Lost Boys thinking you're watching a vampire movie, or you go into like Lestat thinking it's a vampire movie and stuff. This one, not so much. It just presents an idea, I I believe. It's like. It's like if you had a movie that featured a werewolf, but it's not about the werewolf, which I don't think has ever happened. But well, I guess all the kiddos at home are just gonna have to go and watch it and figure it out for themselves. Yeah, it's a good watch. It's hour twenty minutes. Why not? Yeah, give not it a try. Much. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a good movie. Yeah, man. But yeah. All right, dude. I think that's it. For this week, we gotta wrap it up. Got our interview in a couple days, and yeah, good stuff coming. Yeah, man, sounds good, dude. Sounds good. Uh, thank you for another good watch, and uh, definitely uh, throwing a throwing a curveball with this movie, because goddamn, I was like, yeah, I don't see it, but then by the end, I was like, I see it now. <laughs> I told you, stick with it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, this is one of those movies that was definitely mislabeled. See, just like yeah, it's just, it's just it's like uh, surveillance all over again. Yeah, hundred percent. You know, uh, that, you know, one one uh, one page reads that it's a su- suspense thriller or you know, suspense crime, whatever. The other one says, oh, it's it's horror. You know very confused as to to what it actually is but ultimately in the end it's a horror film yeah good stuff all right matthew catch you on the next one man absolutely man all right good to see you again mutant city horror find us on instagram at mutant city horror email the show mutant city horror at gmail.com or you can find the show on spotify which i think is where you're finding it so i don't know why i tell you that but i do See you, everybody.